What's going on, gang? What's going on? Today we have Ayla with us. And at the time of this recording, the Shake Up series was slated to be in the spring, right? You know how I talked about originally the Shake Up was a spring thing, but it got pushed to the summer. And so far, so good. It has been great. But nevertheless, what Ayla has to offer us regarding nutrition, the body, and the diet shakeup is priceless. I think you're going to love the tips she's going to offer us. So let's tune in. What's up, gang? What's up, gang? I'm back on the couch with you, and I'm super excited about our new spring shakeup series. You know, every spring I try to bring us some information on how to shed, declutter, detox our our whole um, our whole bodies, our whole minds, ourselves. And so, with us on the couch is a wonderful young lady who has a very interesting story, and I would love for her to share with us today. So, let's welcome to the couch, Ayla. How are you, Ayla? Good. How are you? Thank you for having me. I'm glad to have you. Thank you for being a guest. And I'm glad I got your name right that time. (laughs) 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 So in addition to your amazing bio, can you tell us more about you and the work that you do? Yeah, definitely. So um, essentially, I am, you know, a health coach. I really work with people to help them prioritize their nutrition, movement, sleep. Um, And so just overall prioritizing their health using very simple daily and like scientific solutions. Uh, So I have an online platform that I, you know, can sell supplements and labs to kind of see people's deficiencies. A lot of the times, you know, we are not able to sleep or we have specific like deficiencies in our bodies. And so, you know, we find those deficiencies and then I uh, supplement them. At the same time, we kind of acknowledge specific thought patterns around food and around, um, you know, those excuses in our heads that we use that, oh, you know, I deserve the cookie today, or "Uh, I don't really need to work out today, or, you know, and those thought patterns can happen daily, weekly, monthly, yearly. Um, And so essentially, I, you know, combine all of that together. And, you know, we prioritize your health by creating a specific personalized plan for you. That's awesome. That's phenomenal. So in our spring shakeup series, one of the things that I I wanted to focus on, because we're going to be looking at all aspects, like the whole body. But one of the things I wanted to really look at is like what, you know, what are some things that we can begin to do to kind of shake up that our our body's health? When I say shake up, I mean, disrupt some of these patterns, some of this old mindsets that you just talked about. Like I hear what you offer and it sounds really awesome, especially with it being virtual. That's the one thing I will say that uh, Larona, uh, Larona uh, Lachey. I call her Larona. Yeah. No, I call her. Yeah, I think I call her Rona. I'm sorry, Rona Lachey. Rona That's Lachey, funny. COVID Lamont, and now Amarion, right? Oh, yeah. Amarion, right? There's one thing I will say that I feel that was a blessing that came out of that, with, you know, p- out of the pandemic. The pandemic itself, definitely not a blessing. But one of the things I think came out of it was that we're able to connect and get some more services virtually that, you know, going to a virtual nutritionist did not exist, at least to my knowledge, prior to this time, right? So I think it's phenomenal that you had this full package that you people could connect with you right online, don't have to be sitting right in front of you in the office, right? So I think yeah, that's exactly. wonderful. But I think it's so big. And overwhelming too, like, especially if you've come from like poor mindsets, poor eating habits, or if you have family history of that. So now you're coming out of the holidays, you know, everybody didn't had more sugar than what we're supposed to have, right? Oh, more, yeah. more carbs, right? And more meat. Yeah. What's not like, sleeping as much and all that, yeah. Not sleeping as much. High stress levels sometimes are associated 
with the holidays, just that whole um, being present, having to be at traditions and all those types of things that we may not feel up to, or if there's some trauma in the family, we don't want to be a part of these traditions anymore, you know, those types of things. So we, we probably had, we just overloaded everything, right? So that's so big to dismantle. So like, what are some like first steps that you would recommend in shaking up our, our detoxing part, parts of our bodies? So there's a, there's definitely a couple things, um, depending on where you are in your journey. Um, I would say really the first step is acknowledging and understanding those thought patterns, behaviors, how you react and why you react. And so, um, before we even get to the physical part of it, like that is the, that's the main part, you know, the mental and the emotional part. Um, and so every client that ever has worked with me and that will continue to work with me, I have them take a personality test. It's called the Enneagram test. And so I really like that one. Um, it's pretty detailed. Once you like look into it, it really helps you understand, you know, your reactions to things, your, um, your habits, your behaviors, your values. And so it kind of helps you pinpoint and see, ah, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. This is why, you know, I get pissed off when somebody cuts me off in traffic. You know, it's, it's, it all starts to click more and to make more sense. Um, and so once we have that, that's kind of step one. Step two that I would say is intermittent fasting. And so a lot of people are probably listening. Um, they're like, ugh, intermittent fasting or that. other people. I love intermittent fasting. (laughs) Other people are probably like, I'm intrigued. Um, But essentially what it does, it really just helps reset everything. Um, The first week of doing it is kind of the most difficult because your body is literally thinking that it's dying. And it's like, hello, can you feed me? Like, you know, it's it's eight o'clock. Usually we eat at this time and you just kind of have to ignore it. Um, But essentially, you know, it's different for everybody on how you want to do it. Um, But basically it's, eating within a specific eating window. And so me personally, I usually do um, 11, 11.30 a.m. until about 5.30, 6.30 p.m. Um, and it's not like I'm eating all day during that time. I'm only eating two or three meals during that time, and that's it. Um, and it really helps reset those hunger cues, especially after the holidays. Man, we need it because we're usually eating all day throughout the day, especially sugar, we're eating late at night. And it's kind of confusing our circadian clocks in our bodies um, to kind of think that, oh, okay, I'm, I'm down for this. I'm down to eat, you know, as often mm-hmm. as possible. Um, and so I really highly recommend intermittent fasting, um, eating specific windows for specific times, um, especially stopping eating at night. Um, and then really the next step is just hydration, drinking a lot of water. Um, but especially after the holidays, we probably drank a little too much. We ate a little too much sugar, uh, you know, too much, too much bread and all that. So we need to really drink a lot of water to help detox and get rid of those toxins that have accumulated in our liver and our kidneys and, you know, in in our guts and things like that. Um, And after you do all those, you know, to start moving daily, you can, you don't have to, you know, go outside and go for a walk, even though that is, you know, definitely ideal because of sunlight and being in nature and outdoors, Um, but definitely doing something, you know, uh, doing some stretches, doing some mobility exercises or movements, doing, you know, some yoga, anything that will really help you, you know, move the body, get those joints moving. Um, And then the next step is just prioritizing your nutrition. 
Um, and so that has to do with the intermittent fasting, eliminating specific foods and replacing it with other things. And that's a lot. So what, if you had to, if you had to just like somebody starting out listening, what would you say to start with? Like maybe one or two of these things, what top two things would you say to start with? I would say step one, which is acknowledge and understand where your behaviors and habits come from. Um, and then the, the next one would definitely be the prioritizing your nutrition. Okay. So starting somewhere with that, like prior, and that would be through the intermittent fasting. Those are like the first things to get started with. Cause exactly. you know, somebody's just getting started. They're like, Oh, that's a lot of stuff. Overwhelming, you know? right? Yeah. And Definitely. so I just need maybe building blocks. So, so I kind of put the cart before the horse um, because I, 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 uh, one of the things I want the gang to understand is one of the things that I liked about Ayla's story <clears throat> is that she's not like this super thin chick who's telling people who have a uh, body, different body structures, how to, you know, lose weight and be healthy. You know, she actually has her own journey where she kind of went from discouraged in her weight journey to a really determined person and in and, and being healthy and actually turning that into a business, right? So can you tell us about this journey and and what was your steps to kind of shake that process up? Because I'm I'm thinking you probably didn't do all of that that you gave us, that those nuggets is probably started as a slow buildup, right? So can you tell us about that and what and what all happened and what it entailed? Yeah, totally. So Um, my whole life, I was overweight. Um, Ever since I was a kid, you know, I was the the fat girl in my family. Um, I put quotations around that because I was a kid and I didn't understand what, you know, why I was overweight compared to the rest of my siblings. So growing up in that environment, growing up being labeled as that, you know, I definitely took that into my mind and I labeled myself as that as well. So it was kind of, you know, a self-fulfilling prophecy that people saw me as fat, I'm fat, let me eat more to, you know, to do that. And so one day I woke up, I was, I was 22 and I weighed myself. I was 265 pounds. Um, That was the highest that I've ever been at that point. I was doing a lot of yo-yo diet before that. Um, You know, I would lose 40 pounds and then gain it all back and then more. And then I would go back on another diet a few months later and I would lose like 45, 50 pounds and then gain it all back and then more. Um, and so I saw what I was doing was not sustainable. I was like, I'm, you know, I'm young. I don't want to, to live, to live this life and let it get worse and worse and worse. Um, and so I really started getting really interested in the uh, psychological reasons behind it. I was studying psychology in college. And so I really wanted to understand like, why is it that I'm like in this, you know, binge eating state? Why is it that I have yeah. to sit down and force myself to eat and feel super full and feel disgusting. And then a couple hours later, do it all over again. You know, um, when I know that a lot of other people weren't, weren't dealing with that either. So got me really interested in that. And that's why the number one is acknowledge and understand. So it really um, helped me dive deep into myself, into my past and in my history, understanding why I was eating the way that I was eating. And Mm so um, I kind of did a drastic change in the beginning. I kind of, um, you know, completely, got rid of wheat and sugar. Um, those two were what I was addicted to. I was really addicted to all types of chips and quesos and things like that, um, cookies and you know all those processed foods that are being sold in our grocery stores. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, you know, that are really cheap and easy and affordable. I was right. getting like putting parts of it and eating it. I eliminated all of that. Um, it was really hard in the beginning because my body was like, uh, what the yeah. hell are you doing? 
Uh, <laughs> Detoxing, yeah. Right, exactly. Like you've been eating this your whole life and now all of a sudden you're taking it away from us. And so it was, you know, my mind was going crazy. My body was going crazy. But, you know, because of, I was acknowledging and understanding what was going on, I wasn't like listening to that or I was like trying to ignore it and prioritizing my health. So really it was a, it was a daily struggle every single day for like, I would say two months um, because it was like a whole new life style that I was doing. I was intermittent fasting as well. Um, but you know, I, every single day I felt better and better. I felt more clear headed. I felt less brain fog. I had way more energy. Yeah. Um, my appetite was decreasing every single day. Yeah. My food cravings were going away. You know, um, I just, I felt like a different person every single day, like a better version of myself. And so that's kind of when I started realizing, huh, it's not just about weight and about how you look. It's really the whole body, you know, yeah. it's really about the mental and emotional and physical, um, all combined together. And so after that, I lost, um, 80 pounds and I've just been, you know, I've kept it off and I've been on a journey of, you know, maintenance and toning up and working out and, you know, trying different things and seeing like what my body actually likes for the lifestyle that I'm trying to build. That's a phenomenal story. That whole, I can totally relate to being the fat girl. Cause I was most definitely the fat girl, you know, um, and then coming up, you know, one of them, you know, and our family had a history of working with, uh, of health, pro- I mean, weight problems, but I was the youngest. And out of all my siblings, I think me and my one sister, we were the heaviest. And that's, that's a, that is not, that can be grueling. It's it can be hard. grueling, especially um, in our, you know, I'm older than you. So during my time, you know, my age generation, it was really, I think now we have more um, size options. We, we see a lot more size vari- variability in our, our, our programming and things of that nature. Um, but back when I was coming up, it was, you know, you, you know, but we, yeah, it was, it was bad. You know, you, if you were thick, you were fat. It was just like, you were supposed to be yeah. like this really thin person, you know, and, and I got some height on me, I think as compared to you. And so, um, and even with that, I was still, you know, so I definitely can relate to that. And that was a painful time. It I can, sucks. um, it does suck, right? It does mm-hmm. suck. How did you manage it? How did it impact your mental health? Um, if you want to share. Yeah, totally. So, I mean, I think I, I became more of a, introverted, observant person. Um, I was never the type of person that wanted to speak up or give my opinion because um, I would be so much in my own body and in my own head that um, everybody's looking at my body. Everybody's thinking that, you know, I'm overweight and I don't look good and let me fix my shirt. And I would wear the same outfit multiple times because it, you know, not not many things look good on me. So I would always be so much in my head um, about everybody's looking at me, everybody's judging me. And so it really deterred me from speaking up or giving my opinions on things or making friends. Um, and so I, I felt really alone, you know, at that point in my life. Um, and I would try to use a lot of like humor. So I would, you know, be the, the, the funny girl. Funny girl. Yeah. Exactly. Um, you know, guys would never really look at me or never really like talk to me. And especially like, um, I would see all my friends getting attention. I'm like, yeah. oh, there's something is that's wrong with me you know I am this uh this weird weird girl um and it just it was it was not healthy physically wasn't healthy and mentally was definitely mm-hmm. not healthy. Mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. tough mm-hmm. so did you have I hear the nutrition pieces and how you looked at your triggers as part of your shakeup process and detoxing process and and um and then you you know you looked at the mental and you began to take out foods that you were dealing with but when I hear your story about the 
the just the mental feeling of being the fat girl and being treated differently. Did you have a mental health portion that was separate from your um, food piece? Did you see yourself seeking someone kind of talking about it? Because the research shows that the thinner we get as women, the more insecure we can get, you know, which is crazy, right? Isn't it crazy? <laughs> you know, but it's, it's true. The thinner we, it sounds like, <clears throat> even though we, you know, we, we have this idea of the size we're supposed to be, as we start to approach it, we become even more insecure. So did you have a, a, a process that was connected mentally? Like, did you see, do you find yourself having to talk someone or? Yeah. So um, I didn't talk to anybody. My mom was definitely my like go-to person at that. Yeah. You know, she's, she's amazing. Um, she would help me like, you know, sit through all these things. Um, I would say the mental health component, looking back, I definitely think that I was like, you know, clinically depressed, Um, but I never went to like a therapist or psychologist. I had no motivation to do anything. I mean, I would sit in my bed and do nothing. Some days I wasn't able to get out of bed. Um, I, I didn't, you know, I would cancel plans on people. I uh, would make all these excuses to not do things. Um, So yeah, I definitely think that, you know, I was clinically depressed. Um, And then as I was losing weight, I was gaining confidence in some aspects, but I was also becoming more insecure in other aspects. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Um, it, you, like you said, it's crazy, you know, it is. Even, even to this day, it's like a, it's a daily type of struggle. Like we'll look at, especially as women, like we'll look at our bodies and we'll, you know, especially minority women, mm-hmm. um, we'll look at our bodies and like, look, we just, we love to compare ourselves to, yeah. to other people. And we're like, mm, yeah, like my hips are showing a little bit too much in these pants or yeah. That and like these are things that I never dealt with back then because it was like uh, let me just cover my body and that's what I would be insecure with and now it's like okay now I have a, you know more of a, a body but still you know you'll look at it you'll see some you'll see some pudge here and there so it's definitely um, it's definitely a daily daily struggle especially you know me and you can relate to like and I'm sure a lot of other listeners can relate mm-hmm, to being mm-hmm. the the overweight person it's just you're you still have that mentality um, of mm-hmm. being. The overweight person, even after you, yeah. after you're not, you still think like, right. <laughs> exactly. yeah. yeah. And so you still think that, oh, people are looking at me or, you know, people are judging me or, uh, going to, going to the beach or something like that. Like it's so hard. Um, but yeah. it's just, uh, it's a daily thing that you have to, you have to work out. Right. I think it brings with you a certain amount of social anxiety. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, oh and the thing, gosh. the truth is, is that people may be looking and judging, but that's not our stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. But we carry it like it's our stuff and that, that it's a reflection of who we are and that we need to modify it when it really isn't about us. That's their stuff. And that that was revolutionary yeah. for me in the sense that, you know, like I can't no matter how hard I try or how good I think I look or don't look, if somebody's judging me, that's really about them. It's not about me. And that's tough. That's yeah. tough to digest. And that's tough to to, you know to deal with totally yeah we all have our own baggage every single human being on this planet we all have our own baggage and mm-hmm. um their response is their responsibility and my response is my responsibility and so um if i believe that they're judging me let them let them judge me you know right uh, right right it's it's up to them it's not up to me that's to right them, like uh you know, like me or, or see something good about me. So it's really, uh, it's hard to get into that mindset. Um, and so I, I know how it is to, for people, when people would tell me when I was like overweight or when I was, um, more of the depressed and anxious mindset, um, people would say, who cares? Like, stop trying to please everybody. And it's, it's hard not to. It is. 
It is. And even when I don't know about you, but even when I, I lost like you, I lost like 80 pounds. Right. Wow. And um, and I, and the doctor still was saying I was overweight. I'm like, I'm five, seven. I'm African-American. Now, he, he wasn't focusing on my cholesterol, which was great. Yeah. My blood pressure, which was great. You know, he was focusing on my weight, you know, and then the one. BMI. one doc- yeah, exactly. BMI. And it's like, you know, I think that's a part, too, that the society plays into um, our body sets, our mind, our, our body framework in terms of we are not built like Europeans. You know what I'm saying? We're just not. And, and you know, every Hispanics, African-Americans, Asians, we all got different body types. So you can't put us in this one size fit all little size two white woman. Like, that's just that's not who I am. I'm never going to be that person, you know. And so I think that played a big part when I was younger, though. I didn't seek out mental health um, services because a they weren't readily available in our you know uh, in my population um, at that time, and it wasn't just something that it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't a service that was available that that we that you knew about at least right and that was affordable, and it just wasn't something culturally that we did. What kept in your age group tends to be a little bit more open to mental health and, and don't have a problem with therapy, you know? So, but what, so what you say with some of the barriers? Cause you, you yourself said, I really believe I was clinically depressed. Yeah. Um, so some of the barriers in terms of what, I'm sorry. Seeking out mental health. Oh, gotcha. Um, so I, I, I'm middle Eastern. I grew up in an Arab household. Um, and so Arabs are, you know, don't show your emotions. We don't talk about our feelings. We get in a we get in a fight. We sweep it under the rug. Don't ever talk about it again. Um, <laughs> right, right, all, right, right. All of our problems inside the house, you better not tell anybody outside of the house. We keep it inside the house, and inside the house, we don't deal with it. Um, and so that's that's kind of how I grew up. And so I was, you know, um, when I I would say that when I was about 12, 13 is when social media started coming out. Um, and so prior to social media, it was kind of like you know. I lived in this house, I lived in this bubble. Um, and I grew up with a lot of other Arabs and Middle Easterns and a lot of other minorities as well. And that was kind of the same type of um, ideals that they also grew up with and that they also dealt with. Um, and then when social media came out, I was like, we would see you know, people posting about things, posting about um, mental health. And I was like, mental health, what the hell is that? Um, you know, right, right. Oh, wow. People actually are allowed to talk about their emotions and feelings and like not be scrutinized for it. (laughs) And and so it it was a radical shift for me. And I know a lot of people in the um, millennial generation because we we didn't have this platform. And all of a sudden, literally like overnight, Facebook and MySpace came out. Um, People started posting things. So um, definitely it made us open our eyes, but then it was also still kind of, um, made us more insecure too because we still compare ourselves to other people yeah and, yeah. Um, yeah social media just really opened it up for you guys to compare every day every day yeah. all day just scrolling and comparing yeah I definitely can see that yeah the amount of friends and the amount of likes that you get like it started literally when I was 12 or 13 like you know oh you only have 300 friends I have a thousand I'm like how the hell do you have a thousand friends right, you're like right. eighth grade with me like, what are you doing what are you doing, <laughs> what are you doing? How did... right right <laughs> Um, and so, yeah, there were, there were definitely um, barriers, especially in my like uh, community with seeking out mental health. And even to this day, like it, it took me a while to get my parents to like open up to me and like talk about stuff and baggage that happened in the past. Um, and they still are very uncomfortable with it, but you know, it's a, it's a slow process um, to, to deal with that like generational trauma uh, because nobody wants to yeah. talk about it. They want yeah. to deal with it. 
Um, yeah. And so social media really, or like in Google and all that, um, it really helped us, you know, um, put names to names and labels to things like generational trauma, depression, anxiety, um, different types of disorders. So it, it, that's, I think that social media was good for that, but then it right. was, you know, it bring was, you know, like you said, the pros and cons, like losing weight is great help for health reasons and confidence, but then it breeds other insecurities. And same thing with social media. I think, you know, my generation, you know, and I, you know, not only was my generation a little far removed from social media, but then I was very focused into the church and I was not into the social media aspects at all. And it wasn't until my, I run a couple of programs and my program developer was like, you have no, no presence <laughs> and you have to have a presence because people are like, well, what's our page? What's her? And it was like, ah, and that's how I started to really get my feet wet with social yeah. media. And I, you know, it really does have its perks. It does have its benefits, but the downside is you got to, got to, you know, you can't be comparing, you know, and you could get into that comparison, you know, mindset, especially, you know, this, uh, the generation under me, they have really um, found a lot of them have found a niche in, in my field and therapist field, they found a niche, yeah. and they're just really great at it. And it's like, they're blooming. And I'm like, I'm so behind some days, I find <laughs> yeah. myself, you know, I got to stop myself and be like, this is not what this platform is for. This is not a competition, you know. And so yeah, it has its pros, I think it's great in many ways, and it has its cons. And I think it's about how we have you know, how we manage it as with anything right as with anything i yeah. uh it's interesting to me the cultural barriers that we of people of color african-american middle eastern descent you know the things that we face hispanics the things that we face in this country in terms of um the barriers to getting the proper care like the mental health and the and then within our own families like the 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 onslaught of views we can have if somebody's talking to a therapist or even you know when i heard you say this stays in this house and don't go outside this house. You know, we're not Middle Eastern. You know, we are African-American, West Indian descent. And right. same, same thing. It's the same thing, right. you know? <laughs> so it's the same thing. It's the, so, sometimes I feel like a lot of people of color have a lot of commonalities. And of course we have our nuances and differences, but when it comes to the struggle in this country, oh. it's real. <laughs> it's real, yeah. right? It's real. Mm -hmm. So what's next for you, Ayla? You know, what's professionally and, and, and personally next for you? Because you got a lot of good stuff going on here. So what's your plans? Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for the future, you know, and um, I'm just trying to expand, you know, um, learn all these new things, the new research that's coming out. Um, and really what's what's next for me is I am working on a kind of like a personality and health quiz that should be being launched within the next, you know, by the end of the year. Um, it's, a, it's a work in progress. Um, but essentially my my goal and hope is for people to take a, you know, a questionnaire that's as detailed as possible in order for them to see, you know, what, what food groups work best for them and um, what therapy techniques would work best for them. Um, so that way it's, because uh, it's not a one size fit all, it's a very personalized approach. And so my, that's kind of what's next for me at this point in my career. Okay. That's great. That's great. So how does our li listeners tap into your awesome? Like what would be, how would they, you know, any social media handles or anything out there that you would recommend? Yeah. So um, my two main, so my, my main social media handle right now is Instagram. Um, my Instagram is Ayla.Sherbiji, which is my name. It's A-A-L-A dot S-H-U-R-B-J-Y. Um, I post cooking videos on there. Um, I post like, you know, motivational, um, inspirational uh, quotes and themes on there. Um, I, you know, I just try to make it 
my personality. Um, and then the, the second main thing is every Friday I release a newsletter that has kind of like a different theme of um, themes that I learned last week or um, 21 lessons learned from 2021. So um, at a, you know, at um, 11 a.m. So um, it's coming soon. Um, okay. I release. So I would really recommend everybody to subscribe to it. And I would appreciate people subscribing to it um, just to, you know, get it out there and, you know, learn from, learn from me. That's awesome. That's awesome. So guys, all of that will be in the show notes. Ayla, what are some takeaway, like, just give me two, uh, you said start with the intermittent fasting and health quiz. I'm sorry, intermittent fasting and prior to, no, I'm sorry. Let me get it right. Know your triggers and then prioritize your nutrition. And one of the things you put under prioritize the nutrition was to start with, you can start with the intermittent fasting, right? Any other takeaways you want to give us? Um, just quick ones that people can <clears throat> grab until they can make that contact with you um, on um, your social media. Yeah. So th- the main takeaway is, you know, eliminating specific food groups doesn't mean that you're never going to eat it again. It means that right now you've got to get rid of it because you have an addiction to it. Um, you know, you you continue to eat it, so you got to unfortunately eliminate it. That doesn't mean that you can't replace it with something else. Um, and so working with, you know, a like nutrition counselor or a health coach will really help you find specific things that you like to help, you know, replace those foods that we're getting rid of, healthier alternatives to those foods. Um, and the second takeaway is you can do it. You know, the only thing, the only thing preventing you from getting the results that you want, whether it's health or, or mind or body or career, the only thing in your way is yourself. Um, And so removing those fears and understanding it and all that, you know, will, will help you get to become the best version of yourself. That's awesome. That is so awesome. You hear that gang? You can do it. So do not get caught up. Don't get discouraged. Just keep trying because Ayla's story is powerful. She kept trying and we we can do it. And you have resources. We are here to offer you resources. And like I said, check out the show notes so that you can make contact with her. That's all I got for you today, gang. Holla at you. All right, gang. I love how Ayla broke down the importance of looking at what's behind our eating patterns and shaking off the pressures that people, family members, society can put on our bodies, especially on black and brown women's bodies. This was an excellent, excellent episode. And she talked about the transparent pieces of how she had to shake off those mindsets in her own personal journey, in her own weight loss. I loved it. I loved it that she shared with us her own personal steps and how she took that and transformed into her own platform in her business so that's awesome check her out on instagram all of her information will be in the show notes as well remember guys dr dawn has a youtube channel and so check us out on that youtube channel as well until next time stay sane